right, we're back with Firefighter Kingdom. I'm Robert Sanchez, your host, and my co-host, uh, Vince Trujillo. Man, Vince is uh, the, also the producer, the guy who makes everything look good, and they're on, <laughs> on Facebook and all of our podcasts uh, that are out there. And thank you, Vince. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, Robert. Uh, happy to hear uh, our, be a part of it and hear our guest today. It's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, man, we have a real treat in store for us today, and we have uh, Charlie Spain from Hawaii, man, a good friend of mine. What are you up to, Charlie? How you doing, brother? How you doing, Robert? How's it, Vince? Good to hear from you guys. Thank you for having me on your uh, podcast. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. And you know what, Charlie? I think the last time I saw you, Charlie, to be honest with you, man, I think you and I are in Seattle on a boat. And we're yeah, having a few drinks, yeah. man, with all the other Hawaii guys and the 10 District guys, man. We had a good time. And I think you were cutting rug. Weren't you dancing and stuff like that? <laughs> no, I think that was my son. Yeah, we're having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I think your son was there, man. It was it was a real good time, man. And uh, shoot, I I, I, uh, I miss having those times with you guys, man, especially now this COVID stuff with all the traveling. And uh, yeah. so, in, yeah. and I know you retired here in December and graduated. Congratulations, man, on that retirement, and you're still the chairman of, of your local there in the, the Big Island, Hawaii, right? Hawaii Island? Yes, that's correct. I uh, retired in December, but I'm still involved with, as being the chairman for our island. Nice, nice. So, I mean, uh, tell me a little bit how, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. How did you even start the fire service or fire career? Was it like, were you one of those, you know, kids that, you know, just always want to be a fire firefighter or did you kind of just trip into the fire service or? Well, um, you know, our secretary treasurer, Aaron Lenchenko, right. Right, uh, right under Bobby Lee, our president. Sure. He, uh, they, they work out of the Honolulu office. Um, he and I were childhood friends and his dad was actually, uh, fire captain in the community that we grew up in. Uh, it's on Oahu called Makaha. And um, we used to go there after school and lift weights with the firemen, training for football. And uh, that's that's kind of what got me into it. I used to watch them responding to calls and uh, coming back. And I saw the brotherhood that they had. And I and I thought, you know, that that is something that I would would want to be a part of. And and it really it really left a big impression on me. And that's that's how I got started and in being interested in becoming a fireman. Nice man. And you know, and Charlie just. I mean, through the years talking to you, man, on trips in L.A. and Florida and, you know, all those good times that we had, you know, uh, I just I remember talking to you, man. And, and now that this podcast starts, I said, I'm going to call Charlie, man, it's just because I know we talked about, you know, all the volcanoes and, and stuff you had there in Hawaii, you know, and just, uh, you know, I, it amazed me because there's there's I mean, even around the world. I mean, it's actually a, a rare skill to be a firefighter with surrounded by active volcanoes. So I just think it was just interesting and amazing. And ever since we started this podcast, me, Vince, I was, I, you know, I, I just said, I need to call Charlie. I need to get him on here, man. And I think you're our number 10, our 10th episode, man. So it's good. We're just getting started. But we're doing great, man, for all the listeners. But first, before we start with, with the volcano stuff, uh, Charlie, tell me a little about how the structure of the fire departments work there in Hawaii. So like, um, you know, so every island has its own fire department or its own county correct and its own local yes. with iff is that how it works yes um we have each island has their own county um county fire department but we're all under one local uh, our local is 1463 yeah uh, hawaii firefighters association so we have approximately maybe close to 2,000 members on uh, honolulu uh, in oahu on honolulu um, on the Big Island, we have around 350 members. Uh, Maui County has around 320, and I think Kauai is somewhere around 150. And we also have the state firefighters, which, which you know, they're on all the islands at the airports. So t- together, our, our our total, we're, we're close. You know, we're close to like 
3,000 memberships, uh, 3,000 members, maybe 3,500, nice. somewhere around there. Right. Yeah. And Bobby Lee's the state president over there in Hawaii, correct? He He's the president of our local, and he's also the state president. Nice. Okay. Shoot, tell Bobby Lee I said hi, man. He's a great dude, man. I like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Good times yeah. with him, too. He's been man. leading our union for a long time. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Great at what he does. Um, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, with that said, I mean... Uh, Tell me, tell me about like uh, what what type of uh, rescues does Hawaii have? I mean, obviously you, you're gonna have water rescue because you're close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have what? I mean, uh, maybe uh, uh, rope rescues, right? Because I mean, you have a lot of mountain mountainous yeah. terrain, and you yeah. have wildland fires or grass fires. What do you guys call them over there? What what kind of what other things wildland. specialties? Yeah, wildland. Okay, what other specialties do you guys do there? Okay, so for our island, we're you know we call it. We call it the big island because it's, you know, the largest of all the islands. And we do have a really diverse um, terrain around here. We have, you know, we have snow up on the slopes of Mauna Kea and down to, you know, we have desert conditions out in um, Kau District and on the west side of the island. Our island is split into two battalions. We have an east battalion and a west battalion. And, um, you know, some of, for me as a rescue captain... Uh, I was stationed at the on the West Battalion for about seven years as a as a rescue uh, captain, and I moved home to the East Battalion uh, for about five years as a rescue captain. So about eleven years total in the rescue field, and in that we did all the. We have swift water conditions when we have um, flooding uh, and heavy rains. We have several rivers on the island that um, every year get gets really bad, and you know we have tourists that um, get in trouble sometimes. You know. On, uh, unfortunately, it ends in a fatality, but uh, that's that's one thing we're always dealing with. We have large um, brush areas, um, like ranches, that sometimes the, the conditions get real dry and they start brush fires. You know, we don't have a lot of personnel, and uh, we utilize a lot of uh, uh, helicopter support and bulldozer support to try and contain these wildfires. We also have a uh, um, you know a federal fire department that can can help fight some of the wildland fires, depending if it's on their land. You know, because we're, you know, tourist industry is big in Hawaii. We have a lot of tourists that come and they want to do the outdoor activities. So a lot of ocean rescues that go on. Um, You know, like you said, we're surrounded by water. So we have a lot of ocean activities, even with the locals, you know, doing fishing or any kind of um, activities near the ocean. So we deal with that here on uh, on the big island. You know, we also have like um, very steep, cliff areas where people like to go hiking so we we end up doing a lot of long line rescue rescue incidents those are the more common ones and um you know we we have maybe sometimes we'll deal with confined space you know there's like like you said there's an active um you know we had active volcano activity on this island uh, there's a lot of lava tubes that run underground sometimes people like to um you know go exploring and um they might get into a situation where they get injured in this confined space so we do, we do those types of rescues also yeah, that sounds like a, a, a big variety man it, it is unique yeah. I mean, like yeah. I was, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, you know, Charlie, um, I, you know, I, I just don't, I mean, even around the world, I mean, I don't even know how, how much, how many active volcanoes are around the world, if, if any, and uh, Hawaii is uh, one of the main ones. And how many active volcanoes do you guys have in Hawaii? Well, um, you know, we had an active volcano was Kilauea. It was actively flowing. Uh-huh. But when we had that last eruption um, where it, you know, came up to the ground in the subdivisions. Um, during that time, the active volcano, uh, Kilauea, which was going for, you know, at least 30 years now, it stopped. So it, 
is the the flowing has actually stopped right now um and they know that there's still activity under the ground you know the geologists they monitor everything um they know that there's still activity but but right now there's no active flowing going on there used to be a lot of uh what they call vog the volcanic gases coming out of the of the crater and it would leave a haze over the island and um you know it's been really nice weather now because it doesn't have that uh that fog which causes you know it can cause a uh, respiratory discomfort for some people and um it's been gone for for quite a while now maybe about a year and uh it's it's made for nicer weather it's made for less um respiratory calls but I wouldn't um I wouldn't call it inactive yet because we just had an earthquake maybe about 3 weeks ago. Really Pretty strong shake here. Yeah. What was the what what size was it or Um I think it was it was about a I you know I don't know what they right. what how you know they measured what it was at right yeah but uh pretty good shake just a yeah. quick one so that's some, that's crazy i mean to 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 people in hawaii or even the firefighters in hawaii i mean it's probably just a normal thing man just like us running the car accident or a structure fire all the, the lava and stuff flowing right yeah for this island right none of the other islands you um get the earthquakes but for hawaii island yeah right it's, it's pretty common and then like so, so it was pretty common right so when the when the lava is flowing I mean, is there ever a time where, where it like went into, I mean, it did go into subdivision and stuff and you're having to rescue people? I mean, because obviously you're just done, right? If you, the, you even touch the lava, I mean, you can how close can you even get to it safely? Or Well, they, um, you know, this years ago, uh, this was before I got in the department, they had a, uh, an active flow that went through a subdivision called Kalapana. Uh-huh. Um, and you had to evacuate the residents and, uh, you know, those, those residents were misplaced, you know, they had to move out of the area. Um, so this latest one in the Puna district called, uh, Leilani, uh, that was the most recent one since Kalapana and they, it, it displaced the residents there. They had to move out, you know, we evacuated everyone, but, you know, sometimes there's active flowing, you know, it, it's, it would start off as a crack in the ground, you know, and maybe like across the road or through somebody's yard. And over time, you know, maybe a few hours, that crack would eventually get larger and larger. And then you would see steam starting to come out. And then eventually lava would flow out of these cracks. So it was popping up in people's yards, um, crossing over roads. So, you know, we we did our best to evacuate everyone. But, you know, sometimes you're going to get people that they just don't want to leave their residence. Um, and and the, even though you tell them, you know, that it's dangerous or, you know, the gases that are being emitted can be um life threatening you know, sometimes they just don't um they just don't want to leave and you know th- those were the types of times when uh, it could be dangerous for firefighters because when it reached that point of um you know where they had to get out otherwise they wouldn't have any uh type of egress uh that's when it became dangerous because now firefighters had to go in there and um you know take take unnecessary risks because now you have potential see this the, the lava would would um kind of like I, I would call it like mini explosions where molten rock would would be thrown out and it could be thrown into the air and travel you know hundreds of yards and could potentially land on the firefighters or or land on the helicopter that was trying to go in and and extricate someone so yeah it was it was 
hairy at times very yeah. very dangerous at times yeah. yeah that's that's crazy man so um is there i mean how like often do people actually get burned i mean tourists probably do a foolish thing do they actually get burnt from the lava or i mean like how close can you actually get to it before you start like you just can't even stand the heat I mean, you you can get pretty close, and there's uh-huh. there's different types of lava. Yeah, there's the really fast flowing lava. Uh-huh. Um, it's real, um, you know, liquidy, and then there's also a type of lava that's real, um, rocky and crumbly. It doesn't move very fast. So you know, depending on which one you is in that area at the time, you know, it it, it can let you get close if it's the slow moving, crumbling type. Right. You know, you can get you can get within twenty feet of it. Yeah, but you're gonna feel the heat. Uh-huh. The fast-moving type of lava, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to get close to that because it can really, it can cover some ground. Right. Um, we did have a few instances of people getting burned. Um, this was more like uh, they were having um, boat tours that would go from the ocean because the lava's flowing down into the ocean. Right. So the boat tours could get pretty close to, you know, film the lava falling into the ocean. Right. And, you know, um, you know, the people want to get close. They want to get the best photos and stuff. And I think there was an incident where, um, you know, they got a little too close and or maybe the um, the explosion was a little too great. And, and somehow that molten rock hit the boat that they were on. And, yeah, <laughs> the tourists were injured. Yeah. They were uh, seriously injured. Anyway. Right. I'll leave yeah. it up to the tourists, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll it'll happen. I mean, yeah. you know, people people don't realize the dangers. Yeah, right, and and it happens. Yeah, right. So, I mean, is there? A, I mean, you know, so we wear torn out gear. Some departments call bunker gear. You know, all of us yeah. in the United States, um, and you're part of of the states over there in Hawaii. I mean, what uh, is there special gear that they wear other than our regular turnout gear that we all wear, or, or are they just regular um, turnout gear if, if they have to get close to it? Or we were using just our regular turnout gear. Uh-huh. Um, they outfitted, you know, for normal operations, you could use um, um, a special mask that had ventilators for um, for SO2 gas. But um, if you were in a really bad atmosphere, then we put on our regular um, SCBAs, you know, the MSAs, the, right. the um, um, self-contained breathing apparatuses. Um, but as far as the turnout, if yeah, if you were hit by a molten rock, it would probably melt right through it. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 There's no protection from the lava right. itself. You know, if, if if you got if it got thrown on you. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. What about the the toxic gases that come out? I know you said it causes respiratory distress. I mean, but is yeah. it like like severely toxic? If you like inhaled a big amount of it, I mean, are you gonna you're gonna die, or is it just kind of a respiratory distress type thing? I mean, how toxic yeah, I, is it? You know, it's it it would vary in areas. So um, everyone was given um, monitors. And you would use that monitors to monitor the area that you were entering. If, if it reached a certain level, then it would require you to put on, you know, the um, you know, the SCBAs. Uh, yeah, everyone was using gas monitors. But, you know, like some of the challenges that we faced is that initially we didn't have those things, right? Because we're, we're an island, you know, it, it took time to get some of these monitors in so in the beginning yeah very um very risky for the firefighters not knowing the levels that they were responding to so right yeah our guys definitely took a lot of risk not only for the firefighters but all the first responders you know the 
the policemen, um, the National Guardsmen, and, uh, you know, all the first responders that came out to help. Uh, everybody in the beginning took, took a lot of risk, you know, because uh, it took a while to get those things mobilized. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, when we take the job, we know we're taking risk, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Somebody has yeah. to do it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, I mean, it just, I mean, that was just the, the, the safety concerns. Like, you know, when you, when you go through the academy, you have some rookies or probationary firefighters, whatever, you know, you guys call them down there. But um, what, uh, is there like, is there a certain like, uh, like certain SOGs or, or SOPs or procedures that you guys say, okay, you know, that when you're around the lava, don't do this or do that or any safety things that you guys use or talk about? Or is it kind of just... Um, on the job, don't touch it. Stay away if you can. You know. <laughs> well, you know, norm. Like I said, normally we weren't dealing with it um, up front um, early in my career. You know, it, it was it was flowing up at the the volcano in the crater, but it didn't break out into any um, residential areas until this Leilani incident, and, uh-huh. and um, that's when all these protocols started to come up. But it was pretty fluid. It was changing. It was changing as the event evolved because, you know, you know how it goes, right? As more dangers present itself, you know, you start to become more aware. And it was fluid on, on, on the procedures that we would um, implement, that our department would implement. But I, I think that the response overall was uh, really good. You know, yes. I think it was a collaborative effort. We brought in, um, you know, we brought in outside sources when we needed, uh, mostly to help organize the, um, the structure. Right. You know, because it's such a large incident and we're having so, so many different agencies, um, we have to stand up the incident command and, and you know, dealing with such a large incident, um, sometimes the structure and the planning, you know, we're not really used to, to it because, you know, it doesn't happen that often that it was this large. So we brought in some outside agencies, Maui and Honolulu. They played a really big part in coming over and helping. And then towards the end, we even had some uh, mainland assistance with with running our uh, incident command. Good man, so that's that's crazy. So it's it's a it's a it's a huge endeavor, right? It's just like like yeah. I guess you would you would yeah. uh, you know kind of compare it to a large forest fire, right? You have the ICS system, right? You have several right. agencies working together. You have unified command, you unified know. So command, yeah. it's just it's just a different type of job. But the, the, the command structure is the same compared to like a structure fire or even like a, a wildland fire with the Forest yeah. Service or whatever, BLM, something like that. Yeah. So that's crazy. I, I just didn't know it was it was that big, like, you know, when it was happening. So and so, I mean, you know, I was just, uh, you know, when the when the lava like takes over some land. I mean, these might be some silly questions, but, you know, we don't we're over here where I'm at. We don't have volcanoes over here. We do, but they're not active, you know. Yeah. But like right. so when it takes over some land, is it is the land like to- totally just like, can you do anything with it anymore? Can you build on it anymore? Or can you like take the lava out or is it just? Um, you can. uh it depends. I would say, you know, once it hardens and, and there's no active lava in it, in, in the rock material, then right. you can probably have it bulldozed and flattened out and, and, and you know, reopen. We have a large um, um, power plant out there and they were able to re reopen and, and uh, you know, redo the roads around. And they, their area was surrounded, but it got surrounded by uh lava and um but there is there are areas where it's still giving off um high readings of gases so i'm not sure if the residents all of the residents have returned to to their areas because um even though there's no active lava flowing there's still 
it's still emitting some uh, some of those gases, maybe not at the high levels of when it was really active, but still still noticeable, I would think. So it kind of depends on what area you're at. Right. And, and, you know, whether you want to go back safe, you know, if you can go back safely or not. Right. Um, but when it's hard, yeah, they can they can end up, um, you know, bulldozing right over it. And it depends. Some some of those lava um, lava fields ended up being like, you know, 30, 40 feet thick. And some is like real close to the road, you know, mm. only a few few feet. So it all depends. That's crazy. So you could take over roads <laughs> and everything. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's covered. It it ran over roads and everything, so it really, uh, it really, well, put a big challenge on on the people living in that subdivision. Right. A lot of them moved out. Right, they're not back in there. Yeah. Sure. So I'm sure, like you know, it's just like you know, you have homeowners insurance for floods or you know hurricanes or earthquakes, whatever the case may be. So it's the same thing for for an eruption with lava. I mean, your homeowner insurance would cover it, correct? Or um, I think some have, but I know there are a few that have difficulty time getting getting recouping their losses. Yeah. So that's crazy. I I I kind of I think it really depends on the type of insurance you were able to get when you built your house yeah right right so so i mean what other is there any other obstacles that you know we just we could talk about that you know the rest of the united states doesn't have that hawaii mm-hmm. faces i mean you guys have scuba diving teams right and all that type of stuff and so yeah so i'm sure the tours just keep you busy with you know being in the water constantly and and uh exploring the island yep that's um for our rescue company that is here you know uh, the the rescue personnel, like I like we talked about, they trained in scuba diving. Um, a lot of them get trained in rope rescue. They go to the CMC classes, become certified, or or we may bring an instructor from CMC. Right. Um, they'll certify our guys in uh, rope rescue. Uh, we have um, people that come and certify in swift water training. Uh, they come here and certify in a confined space. So I mean. You know, the department tries to keep everyone certified and, and, and qualified to, to handle all these different diverse things that our island presents. But, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge keeping everyone certified, you know, because it may last like maybe two or three years. And then once it once it's um, done, you know, to try to, to try and continue the the retraining can be a challenge yeah. right right yeah so yeah it's definitely interesting man i mean i'm sure you guys you know you're used to seeing all that but i mean i mean me being me being a firefighter here in new mexico i mean it's interesting to me you know and that's why you know i wanted to have you on here so that's definitely <laughs> unique you know like you can't you know not a lot of firefighters can say you know they worked around lava and you know they know about it and you know actually had to you know maybe you know evacuate some people around the lava and stuff like that so that's that's pretty Pretty crazy stuff there for sure, man. And then you and I were just talking earlier today. I mean, Sue, what did what's going on with the COVID stuff down there, man? Is it, it's not as bad as a bad as it? It's not as bad in Hawaii that it is in the rest of the United States, is it? I mean, it seems like it's is it picking up down there, or is it kind of? Um, I think we're considered one of the lowest in the nation, right? Um, and I think it has to do with the fact that we're pretty isolated, right? Um, they really restricted. Um, visitation. So if you if you flew in from the mainland, you would have to do a forced quarantine of fourteen days. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm 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 thinking they op- they opened it up now and you can travel, but there's still some rules. Like if you you have to show that you clear the test before you can come in come in and you know be able to uh, do do tourist activity. You right. have to show that you pass the test. So all these rules that they put in place, it's, it's kept the numbers pretty low. I would say 
yeah as compared to the rest of the nation for sure right right yeah i mean you know and the kids are you know over here you know they're supposed to you know i know uh my kids are supposed to start school here in you know mid-august but i mean i don't even i don't see it happening man if it just keeps getting worse i did just uh i i'd see them delaying it even farther i mean you know personally which i think is a good thing you know because you know it's it, the kids are getting sick but it's just more of them taking it home to their elderly or the grandparents and parents and, and people with underlying conditions you know what i mean and what do you think about the school system going to start on time down there in, in hawaii um i think they're going to but if you see an an uptick then I think they may pull it back. I think they're going to go, um, you know, they're going to try it out and uh, and proceed with caution and watch how watch how the numbers go. And I think, yeah, for sure, if, if it goes up, I'm sure they'll they'll pull back and readdress the issue. But, you know, they, they put all the things in place that is recommended. Everyone's got to wear a mask. Everyone's got to be washing their hands. Uh, everywhere you go, you know, on our island at least, um, pretty much mask mask required to to be in any of the stores to be in you know anything like that you, you should have your mask on or you need to so i, I would think that it's going to be kind of played by ear right if it goes up yeah right so your governor's doing a pretty good job over there in your opinion of kind of oh uh, yeah keeping yeah, an eye on it I, I think they're doing the best they can under the circumstances uh that's good yeah yeah, down here too. I mean, it's a it's a tough. Uh, you know, the governors are having to make some tough decisions, man. You know, it's yeah, it's not it's yeah. not easy making those decisions. You know, it's like it's not it's not putting money so over people's lives. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's easy for you know for me be me uh, being the armchair quarterback thinking you should do this and do that and do this. But yeah. shoot, man, you're literally you know when you're dealing with COVID nineteen and you're elected official nowadays. I mean, you're literally do literally dealing with people's lives. You know, yes. It's not just yeah. you know well you know you're gonna get hurt but i mean it's it's definitely uh there's there's some there's some risks that you're taking there's a price to pay for making the wrong decisions for sure yeah you know so it's a definitely a crazy world man never never in my lifetime i think we walk around where everybody's wearing masks you know what i mean right, right, so right. but uh i'm glad i fixed my teeth man so but if i didn't it'd be a good time not to fix my teeth i wear my mask all the time man <laughs> Nobody will even know I have crooked teeth. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Man. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I just can't imagine on the in the mainland because of the, the the sizes of the population. It must be pretty pretty crazy, like where you guys are at. But you know, fortunately, as far as COVID for us, I think the isolation actually helps us. Right. I think so, you man. Know, you know. Yeah. Like you know, like we said, right. Dealing with large incidents like a lava situation, we get hurt because, you know, being far away takes time for resources to get here. Sure. You know, masks, um, you know, whatever it is. And um, that's where a negative part. But on, in the COVID and the spreading, maybe that's more of a benefit, the isolation part. But it, it did take a while for us to get, you know, the necessities. Yeah. You know, for, for a while in the beginning, the shelves got emptied out. And, sure. you know, but... It was pretty much the same all over the mainland, right? Toilet paper, hand wash. <laughs> you know, everybody's yeah. going crazy, Clorox, right? uh, there's no toilet yeah. paper. Yeah, shit, yeah. That's the yeah. first time, I think, the first time in my lifetime I ever went and bought to toilet paper at a restaurant or something that was trying to sell their stuff. It's kind of crazy, you know? I yeah. never thought. But, uh, yeah, man, so um, this this uh, kind of leads me to our, to our community segment. Um and uh, we're gonna like we, we we like to you know so like you and I talked about you know we we have uh, you know we always talk about firefighter issues.
language and you know we have our lingo and some of the stuff we talk about but you know people of the community you know sometimes they they have questions and they want to ask so i always you leave a use a, our my co-host uh, vince trujillo and our, my producer just to ask you questions um and our community is saying it and so we're gonna bring vince in and so vince what are you up to brother Hey, Talk man. to us, man. I've just been sitting here listening to this. This is amazing. You Glad know, to uh, have you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank, thanks. Thank. Thanks for having me back on. I've been here the <laughs> whole my time. Own actually. Podcast. <laughs> thanks for having me on my own podcast. <laughs> you know, but just like sitting here, and I've I've I got to to go to Hawaii for the first time. I've only been once, like two years ago, and. Uh, you know, now hearing, you know, working with Robert and then the podcast and you got to hear about firefighters and how they're doing stuff on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis and all the stuff you all have to handle. And then now you have, you're in Hawaii. You're the only I don't know if Alaska, I don't think Alaska has any fire, uh, volcanoes, right? You're the only one in the, in the United States that has uh, responses to uh, volcanoes, correct? I'm, I'm not sure, but it could be. Yeah. Yeah. In, I think in the United States. I think that's pretty. Yeah. No, I mean, like you got Washington. That, ones. Yeah. But active, like constantly. And you guys are dealing with that. So we, we had L.A. Fire Department on not too long ago with Adam Van Gerpen. And he was just talking. I was just so anyone that's on the water, you got you guys have water rescue. You have divers. In your case, you also yeah. have mountains. And, and I was surprised to find out that people that uh, Hawaii had a place with snow, like a snow capped mountain there. I didn't know yeah. that. that, yeah. that so, so you've basically seen in your like 28 years, I think that's what you told me on your, on your bio, that you've yes, seen pretty yeah. much every single type of rescue, right? That you guys do. Yes, yes. Been exposed yeah. to it or, or know a little bit about it. So you've done stuff yeah. for, because I know that people actually, not too long ago, someone died on the mountain uh, with the snow on it. I think they, they froze or something or they got trapped out there and they got like dehydration or something. I don't, I don't know what it was, but that was amazing yeah, for there, me to hear that. Yeah, there are times when, um, you know, because there's hiking trails up there and sometimes the because of the elevation, you can get disoriented and, you know, they wander off the trail. They want to go see a better site and then they can't find their way back to the trail. And then, you know, they might, age might be a factor. Uh, definitely people don't realize um, you get dehydrated faster. Um, and then once it gets nighttime and the uh, the cold sets in and you, if you weren't prepared, you know, during the day, it's nice and sunny. You go out in shorts and t-shirt, you take, you know, maybe one bottled water, you're going to get dehydrated. You're going to get hypothermia. So yeah, there's been a few that, you know, haven't made it back on that mountain. So yes, that's definitely um, one of the things we've dealt with. Um, when it's winter time and there's snow, you know, people want to sometimes try and uh, snowboard and do those types of acti activities, but it's a different kind of terrain. And sometimes um, underneath there, there's big lava rocks and, and guys can get injured when they take off on a on a, on a a small hill and uh, they don't realize that underneath that snow is uh, not a soft ground, but, you know, some big lava rocks that they could be banging into and they get injured. So it's, it's kind of like a harder snow, not, not a real soft, cushiony snow like people who want to go skiing and stuff. Right. So... So you, oh, yeah, you think of yeah. Hawaii all the time as like a place you want to visit. It's just nothing but fun and sunshine. But actually, for us tourists, there's like so many more ways I can die on your island, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 can, I, I can drown. Yeah. I can freeze. I can have dehydration. I can get bit by something. Yeah. I can get, get burnt by lava. Burnt by lava. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I can suffocate from the smoke. Yeah. I can get eaten by a shark. Like we, my girlfriend yeah. and I, we did yeah. this kayak and we kayaked from the river as, as Kalawea, I, I think, or something. 
something, Hanalei Bay. And uh, we went from the river there into the ocean. And man, I'm kind of freaked out about ocean stuff. And like, I'm on this little kayak. And when you're like an open ocean, I've been open ocean a couple of times, you freak out because it's like deep, man. That's like scary, scary stuff. So, but you guys respond to everything, just like our firefighters here. Like I was surprised to know, like, you know, firefighters don't just respond to fires. You guys are on calls. So you get called for, you get called for like shark attacks, for rescues, for someone got stuck out somewhere, uh, stuck underwater, stuck on the side of the cliff. Are you the main, one of the main responders to all of those different types of rescues? Yes. For, for our island, and I'm pretty sure for all the jurisdictions, uh, the rescue company responds to all of those incidents. But for here on our island, yes, um, for the lava, the hazmat team, our hazmat team uh, took the lead, yeah, because it's it was considered, um, you know, dangerous atmosphere to be working in. So, so our hazmat was the uh, lead agency as far as uh, lead lead section in our department that that um, oversaw the incident. But for all the other type of rescues, um, if it involves scuba diving, mountain climbing, uh, rappelling, confined space, you know, we're, we're the you know we might have the in district firefighters respond initially, but then like I said, we would have a specialized team show up, one that's stationed on the east side, one that's stationed on the west side, and depending on the location of the incident, that station would respond to assist the uh, the uh, in-district fire company um, who would take the initial response. And then uh, once once the specialized team gets on scene, they would take over the incident. All right. I, I got two more questions. And then I ca- I, I'm going to start asking everyone these. Like, what's the what's the craziest thing that you've seen that had the most elements of danger all in one when you guys had to re- you had to respond to something like was it like a diver responding? There were sharks and then there was lava flowing into the water. Or what was the combination? The most interesting, crazy kind of thing that you that you are exposed to? Um. You know, like I said, uh, I've, I've been in 20, uh, close to 28 years, 27 and eight months. Uh, many of those years, uh, when I was the beginning, I started off as a, uh, a rescue man. I used to TA, I used to temporarily assign at the rescue station. I eventually became a rescue captain for about 11 years. So I've seen a lot, but the most, um, if you're trying to ask me what was the most scariest incident I've ever been on. Sure. Um, I would I would have to say it was a flash flooding that happened in the uh, district of uh, Waimea, where you know there's a lot of people that like to frequent a uh, um, uh, falls area, a waterfall area with a pond, and there was a massive flat uh, flash flood that came through. And um, I think and when the call came in, they said you know like 13 people washed down in the rapids and uh wow you know so we responded to rescue companies and um you know when we got there they were able uh, the majority of that group was able to scramble and, and get to get to some kind of safety but there were three that were stuck next to a raging waterfall and they were hanging on for their they were hanging on for their lives and like on the side of a cliff or, or, or on the side of the cliff on a little ledge wow and like if if they lost their footing or if they lost their grip they would have been they probably would have died um and there were three of these people hanging on and and we had to do a rope rope rescue evolution that was probably several hundred feet long just to get to them because of the access and uh you know our guys they took a lot of risk um Effecting that rescue, and they were successful without any injuries. Oh wow! They they saved those those people, and uh, we have a we have a foundation that um, recognizes firefighters that um, 
go above and beyond the call of duty and every year they um they recognize any incidents that were you know where people had to take risks above the normal and uh, all the people involved on that were awarded the the award that year so the it was a very high high risk uh situation and, and a lot of um a lot of dangerous potential situation could happen, but that was the one that sticks out the most in my mind. But there's been a lot. I mean, <laughs> I, I have a feeling every every time I talk to the firefighters in different areas, they got a different. They're they're just always so like humble. It's like, come on, tell me the good stuff. Like, but you guys, you guys see so much stuff. I'm sure that it's just like, hey, any number of things, any number of times, yeah. it could you know yeah. freak out most of the public, anyways. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Robert asked a lot of the questions I wanted to ask on the the lava and stuff. He took all the good ones, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, lo- the the lava volcano stuff. So yeah, you had you had said that. I thought you could get a lot closer, but you said twenty feet, and I was like, oh, that's pretty far off, you know. You, you, and if you have that fast moving lava, so for us tourists, next time I come around, it's my last question. Just kind of like. When I am out there, what can I do to help make your your guys' lives better? Because I've been to, like, the Queen's Bath, you know, that thing, and it's just some rocks out there. There's not a lot of signs. It does say, like, hey, you go out there, you're taking your own life in your hand. And I don't think yeah. everyone, like I was watching some people, they don't always pay attention to those things. And it's yeah. like yeah. other parts of the world, like in the mainland here, like we're used to seeing all of these, like, extra signs everywhere. Don't be stupid. Then, like, please don't be stupid. Then you have to have the third sign that says, please, please don't be <laughs> stupid. And people still don't <laughs> listen. Over there, there was just like yeah. one sign that says people die here take your life in your hands when you go there what what can we do to be careful and just cautious we think it's a fun 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 land and it is it's gorgeous but uh what, yeah. what do you recommend for us kind of stupid tourists well you know i i know when everyone comes they want to see everything and do everything and, you know it's such a short time that they they have to stay and i you know i certainly understand everybody wanting to do everything but i would heed all, any signs in the area i heed all the warnings and if you can try and get together with somebody that has a uh, you know local knowledge of that area and and you know prior to coming let them know what you want to do and and maybe they can like pre-trip it you know and find out if it's safe you know if the weather's going to be right for that for doing that activity you know i think those types of things would would really help help you to have the best experience at the most safest you know in the safest way all right i appreciate that thanks for everything you do charlie i'll uh, turn it back over to robert but uh, very interesting thanks, to listen vince. to thank you vince it's always nice man talking to vince and vince i hope you come back and enjoy hawaii many more times because one time's not enough i think we got to do a firefighter kingdom episode in hawaii yeah we might do that man. hey don't threaten me with a good time shoot man those drinks are those, your umbrella drinks are no joke there man they're not like light they're they're good shoot i know me me and uh me and charlie aren't light you know we're <laughs> we're having a good time <laughs> and uh i had got some good times with charlie man i was just thinking you know and vince was saying you know there's all kinds of things ways you can die out there you know hyperthermia all kinds of stuff and i was all thinking alcohol poisoning too probably for some of those people right oh yeah for sure <laughs> so now but is there do you guys have a charitable foundation to help firefighters down there in hawaii at all yeah um what? like i said we have that uh, foundation that um they have an event every year that people can what they do is they bid on items and all the money that they raise is directed towards the fire right. department so is there anything that you could plug on this podcast and have the listeners kind of if they want to donate is there any kind of uh type of charity they can get to or you could send it to us later and we can put it on a link yeah sure um like it's only for our island uh, i i'm not sure what the other islands have but for our island it's called the sear foundation okay um and they they have their event once a year now uh, if you go online uh-huh. you, you'll be able to 
to uh, okay. to see. They have a, a web website. Okay. Yeah. If you can send me a link, this you know we'll, we'll put it on our on our Facebook or something like that or Instagram so okay. people can see it. You know, if people, you know, listeners out there want to donate, we always appreciate it. But Charlie, man, it's it's always good hearing from you, man, and I'll be expecting to see you on the on the next trip of the convention if it even happens or anything like that, man. So yeah, until all the keeps getting canceled, but I I look forward to seeing you right. again. Robert. Tell Bobby, man, Andy, all those guys. Tell me, said hi, man. So again, thanks okay, again, brother. Will. And uh, you know, you, me, and my family will go down there and we'll uh, we'll visit with you. We'll give you a call and you can show us the good things and the things not to do. So <laughs> keep right, us safe. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, give me a call, Rob, when you get in, man. All right, Charlie. Nice seeing you, brother. Hey, thanks again, man. Okay. All right, have a good day. Okay. okay. Take care, right. Rob. Right. Take care. Right, See you. Stay bye. safe. See you later. And signing off uh, from from Vince. Vince and I um, listen to our podcasts and uh, what what's well. You listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're also on Google Play. You can find us by going to firefighterkingdom.com. Also, uh, please visit our Facebook page too, Firefighter Kingdom. Charlie, get on there too and uh, go go and follow us and like us, and uh, then we'll uh, promote this uh, uh, podcast episode. So you can find us on all of those. Give us a like. Hit us up if you're somebody who wants to be on. Also. We have a little sign-up sheet on firefighterkingdom.com. Uh, appreciate it all. Thank you all firefighters for everything you do and all our listeners too. We're good.